Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is August 16th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Steve. Hello. How you doing this evening? Doing well. <laughs> doing well. It's hot. Ridiculously it's hot, hot, right? Yeah, for those that live in the uh, eastern side, especially us here in South Jersey, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. What the hell? I, it's just so crazy because I never remembered August being this hot, especially because there was 70 some degree days consistently a few weeks ago, 70, 80s. What the fuck happened? You know, like I don't fare well in anything above like 50. Yeah. Like that's kind of like my threshold. Yeah. And like get into the seventies. It's like, all right, this is starting to get hot. Yeah. To keep this in context, Bill wears shorts. Um, could be 22 degrees outside. Bill's wearing fucking shorts. Shorts and flip-flops. Shorts and flip-flops. And unfortunately, in my line of work, I'm not permitted to wear anything other than boots and pants. That's like literally the complete opposite. It's literally torture. Well, you might be on par with a lawsuit someday. <laughs> Hopefully, your uh, widow doesn't have to get do that when you have heat stroke at the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be like, listen, you guys should have known. Should have known. You've seen me in the wintertime. <laughs> I thrive in the winter. I love the I fucking noticed. Winter. I don't know how you fucking do it. It makes me uncomfortable <laughs> just looking at you. Couldn't do it. So for those listening that don't know us personally, Steve shows up. We got outside, smoke a cigarette. I'm wearing a hoodie, long sleeves underneath the hoodie. Winter hat. Leather jacket, winter hat, boots. Long socks under the boots, jeans, possibly even some fucking long johns, depending on how bad it gets. And Bill, <laughs> fucking t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. I come walking outside like I'm Pantera, like circa 1991. Yes. You know, cargo shorts. Yep. I I'm, I don't even go for the Chuck Taylors anymore. Not even. Cargo shorts, flip-flops. I'm and- surprised you're not just out barefoot saying, fuck it, frostbite, <laughs> what is it? You know, it's funny, like, I do see my neighbors and shit, they're, like, snow blowing their driveways and shit, and they're, like, yo, dressed like they're in the Arctic tundra. I'm surprised they haven't come up to you and just been like, are you okay? Like, they just look over at me. Like, I was, like I'll wear, I'll be wearing my cargo shorts and, like, my boots, just so I don't get my flip-flops wet. Disturbing. <laughs> and they're just like... Unbelievable. Hey, it is what it so is. So, in this weather? Holy fuck. Oh, dude. I'm telling you, like, I... Words can't explain. Yes. It's just not fun. Yep. It's not fun for me. Yep. So aside <laughs> from the weather, anything new or interesting? Yeah. So in the past couple of weeks, obviously these are recorded ahead of time. Are they? Yeah. Right. Weird. <laughs> so Strange. in the past few weeks, Guns N' Roses released a new song, but I feel like me and you can get into this discussion in a little bit. Guns N' Roses put out a new song. Cody Cabria put out a new song. Metallica released... Uh, or release some of the songs off the blacklist, which is the 30th anniversary of the black album. Anything else new come out? Well, not come out. I have some things. So Metallica's blacklist. So waiting on Donda by Kanye West <laughs> marketing fucking genius. He is. Yeah. There's right. been specula dude. The Wikipedia page for his album has been edited like three times over the last couple <laughs> weeks. First, it was like August 6th. Then it was possibly August 7th. Then it said sometime between August 13th and 14th. They did that fucking live stream of him for like an album countdown. And yeah. He, it was, dude, he was literally sleeping. It was like a video because he was up in Mercedes Benz Stadium out in Atlanta where the Falcons play. Yeah. And he's been posted up there apparently until the album's completed. And he did this like live stream. And I don't know if you saw like the images of it where he's no. like, literally in the stadium on this like thing with like smoke and stuff. And he's like floating <laughs> in this dude. He is fucking out there, man. But it's marketing genius because people are going to a 
crazy fucking lengths to try to obtain this album. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really think of anything else that's been this in recent memory. Yeah. This is like this is probably how people honestly felt back in the day where the only way you were getting music was just basic radio marketing yeah. releases and you had to show up at the record store before everybody else. <laughs> like, fuck, I saw a video, speaking of the Metallica thing, of they were showing, release. yes, dude, yeah. and how fucking cool that looked. The like, tower records with the, like, the line going down two blocks Now it's street. like I wake up and I have crust in my eyeballs and I open up iTunes and I'm like, there it is. It's you wake up, your friend's like, ding! Yeah, it finally came out. I listened to that late. Like, don't even have to fucking get dressed. Fear Inoculum came out. Like, yeah, for real. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, because that's the other thing. Like, uh, the one I had is, and it's this is this is why I love Apple Music, and I hate it at the fucking same time. Because I wish I had that same adrenaline feel that they had when they had to like drive to go get. Con- Remember, like at the end of Days and Confused, where they're driving to get Aerosmith tickets. Yeah, how exciting! Like it's like a planned event. Yep. And then the record store releases same way. Like it's a planned event. It's like something to do. It's fun. Yep. And especially for people that love music, people go to live shows for that reason. They're looking yeah. for that adrenaline that that music's giving them in their own right in some other way. You know, even like when Michael's on and he talks about, you know, sitting in line for waiting real, for tickets, dude. camping out. That shit vet. sounded fun to me because yeah. I love music to that point. That where was an I event would in itself. Do that. Yes. Exactly. But like, the most recent thing that's edited because what Apple Music does, if an album is coming out and it's started to release some songs, they'll give them to you immediately. If you add the album to your uh, library, as soon as a new song is released, it comes up as your most recently added automatically. Okay. So you know when the songs are being released or when the album drops because it becomes the most recent thing added to your playlist. Even if you added it months ago, yeah. as soon as it's released, it pops right at the top. So Carcass... A while ago, we had discussed they're releasing an album September 17th, um, and they released a song a while back, but that's what happened to me this morning. I didn't even know it was fucking there. I didn't realize <laughs> it because I added something, yeah. and I went to listen to it, and Carcass's album was the second thing. And they're coming out with new music, and I, that was like what got me thinking was, like, this is cool and all. Like, I like hearing new music by bands that have been around for some time, and like the new Carcass stuff is pretty good. I think yeah. you'd enjoy it as well. It reminds me a little bit of Heartwork. I love hard um, It's work. got that tone to it. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, man, that Metallica 30th anniversary thing. And I'm not even, and you know me, I'm not a huge black album fan. Yeah. But just watching the videos of the day of that album drop was mm-hmm. fucking just wish, man. Yeah. I mean. Wrong fucking time for us. That's the thing, too. Well, I think if we were back in that time, I think you'd be a little bit more hyped about the black album. Probably. You know, also too, I also am mindful of the fact of what Metallica was up until that album, Mm. that if I hadn't heard any of those songs prior and I just came off and justice for all, and I bought that album, it's a 50, 50 shot. I'm either going to be like, what the fuck? Or I'm going to be like, Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it was a huge like change, like it wasn't a 180. It was, but it was a yeah, sign of the time. It still had some of the the original aspects of the early Metallica stuff, but it was different enough to draw in a whole totally different audience. Yeah, but going back to the blacklist real quick, I believe I read somewhere it's going to be 53 songs of covers from other artists, and Metallica wanted a, a diverse. Have you heard any of them? Yeah. Um, like what? Let's. Weezer did a cover of Enter Sandman. Now, I do know because I've heard I've heard Rivers Cuomo talk about how much of a fan of Metallica he was. So I went into this with an open mind. I was like, all right, he'll do the song justice. The instrumentals are great. I feel like Rivers Cuomo was the weak link in that cover. Like his vocals just didn't fit it for me. Yeah, I heard um, it was too like Weezer. Yeah, you know. Um, Miley Cyrus, along with Yo-Yo Ma and Chad Smith and Robert Trujillo and Elton John, did a cover of Nothing Else Matters. I thought the instrumentals were great on that. Huh? Watt. Oh, Watt? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Miley Cyrus is a weak link on that song. Gotta give credit to all of them in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, none of you are safe from this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, St. Vincent did a cover of Sad But True, kind of sound like Nine Inch Nails. I think the most innovative cover or the best cover on that so far is Volbeat's Don't Tread on Me. What do you mean by so far? 
well, because they only release a certain amount now. I mean, I do know that Ghost is doing a cover of one of the songs, and there's a couple more like bands, like rock bands that are doing it. But the ones that are released now are these like, like maybe like maybe they're just fucking with us. Maybe maybe this is a marketing technique that Lars came up with. Like you know, let's like I think how they were talking in the one <laughs> we couldn't get through this fucking season. We couldn't even get off the start Dude, of the season listen, without bringing this up. It's not our fault. The chip on our shoulder for Metallica <laughs> is fucking like disturbing. I'm literally waiting for the day for Lars to call in. One day, dude. Like, this is Lars from Metallica. No, we're gonna get a cease and desist order from fucking. If the Metallica you bring up camp. Metallica, yeah, one yeah more for real, time. something crazy like for character, you know. You're the, the thing yeah. that should not be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. That's like his like sign off. Yeah. Well, I mean, then again, they might have heard our podcast because now Metallica's starting their own that's a podcast. That's interesting. You know, the podcast game has been around for a long time, and we show up, and then two years later, Metallica starts their own. Yeah, a little coincidental. But anyways, we're going to get off the Metallica thing. Speaking of another band that we both hold near and dear to our hearts of their earlier work, Guns N' Roses released a new song called Absurd, and it is exactly that. I believe that's exactly what I texted you, too. I said, dude, did you hear the new Guns N' Roses song? You're like, yeah, I haven't heard I- it, but what about it? I said... It's absurd. So the context for me was I saw a posting um, of some hashtag, like heavy metal or something, but it was, you know, big captions, Guns N' Roses new song, and like a video was playing. So I tapped on it to, because, you know, that's how you are on Instagram. You mm-hmm. have to hear the audio. I tapped on it and I started listening and I I literally listened to maybe seven seconds of it. And I'm like, oh, it's just like some spam probably because like it's not fucking Guns N' Roses. They didn't release a new song. It's ridiculous. And then... <laughs> Bill showed me the song and it was the same fucking thing. Yep. And the only way I can say this in terms of if you haven't heard it, I will tell you this right now. After you listen to it and you have a friend that's a huge Guns N' Roses fan that's not aware of this song, bet them any amount of money you want to say, guess this band and play them that song. (laughs) They will have no fucking clue. Zero. None. I, I, Zero clue. I couldn't even, knowing it was Guns N' Roses, I couldn't even really hear gun. Like, I couldn't, like, to me, it almost sounds like, you know, when, like, artists have a ghostwriter. Mm. And they get a guy to come in and rap their, you know, write their lyrics for them, and then they just go in and they barely get any credit. I almost feel like fucking Guns N' Roses went out and just got a straight ghost band. And, like, yeah. just has a whole other band recording their work for them and just putting it out under their name. Because this is nowhere like near. Slash didn't even sound like Slash. Nowhere fucking. Like, I don't know what this is. Well, I can tell you it's better than anything I've heard off of Chinese Democracy. So I guess we're a step in the right that direction. That album doesn't even really exist, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm convinced that that was like a fever dream a joke. of our lives. Yeah. April Fools. This album never existed. Yeah, that album never existed. <laughs> Go check your CD collection. I guarantee you Chinese democracy, <laughs> if you owned it, is no longer there. <laughs> it was a huge conspiracy. Um, The last new thing, like I said, uh, Cody and Cambria released a new song I showed you before we started. Um, We both kind of had the same idea about it. Like, yeah. it's cool, but it's not Cody and Cambria. And the lo-fi vocals thing just kind of doesn't. Yeah, I don't know end. what that is. I guess that's a um, like an adjustment thing for staying relevant but yeah this but is this is like what i don't understand and maybe we'll talk about this later. maybe but the only thing i don't get is with bands like coheed bands like guns and roses why why step outside the bounds why do you feel this need to evolve Conform. especially like 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 with the band we've been discussing for every fucking season, I can understand it because they were still in like the peak of their career. Yeah. When you have a band that's got the reputation like Coheed for what they have a reputation for, mm-hmm. you have a fan, you have, you know, stepped to a point where you know what people want and you also played that yourself. It wasn't like you created that music for the fans because exactly. you've obviously been playing that music for some time and established yourself and continue to create the same level of music. Like, where does that, that, that's something I would love to sit down with an artist and be like, what happens in your career that all of a sudden you're like, let's try this? Yeah. Even though like the formula is totally different, the sound is totally different, and you were already extremely successful off of music that you were accustomed to playing and. Because, again, it's just it's a very weird thing that Coheed did with this music. Like, you know, another band that I always compare Coheed to is Rush. 
in the 80s, you didn't catch Rush fucking uh, like they had moving pictures, but you didn't catch moving pictures sounding like Hysteria from Def Leppard. No. Or, you know, 1984 or fucking any, you name they it, like hair metal right band. They to the like, same exactly. fucking sound. And granted, they did evolve and they, you know, they, they implemented like the, the synthesizers and all the other shit. And there's people that didn't like it and there's people that absolutely loved it. But they were still in that same wheelhouse. Coheed kind of went in like a, um, like a pop rock type thing or like a, a, a like a, um, like modern rock type of yeah, like black keys. Yeah. That's what I was hearing. The underneath vocals, it all. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. muffled box sound. Honestly, you know what it kind of reminded me of a lot is the new Wolfgang Van Halen stuff. A little bit. It did. Yeah. With like, with fucking Claudio Sanchez singing through like, Dan Alabac or Dan Arabac or where fuck that dude's name is yeah. his microphone. Yep. I mean, I know there's people out there that really love the black keys, but I I like uh ooh, I for rubber factory. I like that a lot, but Yeah, black keys were good. Um I they didn't mind them. They got overplayed. That's that's happens to a lot of fucking bands nowadays that like especially are into that genre because mm-hmm. it's easy to put on the radio and it's easy to fucking market. Yep. Especially if it's like in tune with what the radio wants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that new Coheed song, it was funny because I didn't even know that came out. Kind of excited as soon as I heard the riff, but I was also skeptical. And then as soon as I heard his voice, fuck. Yep. Like that's the one thing about that band that, you know, it's it either unique. like you love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And if you like it, you're going to love it. That's the thing. Like it grows on you. Just like Getty Lee from Rush. Yes. You know, yeah. I always draw the similarities between the two bands. Yeah. Cause that's a very like people either absolutely can't stand exactly. it or that's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So those are my new and interesting. I know this kind of like took up like a lot of time. Yeah, you just like those. whipped out fucking Dude, every single one you a could lot, think of. A lot of shit happens. I have a lot of shit that happens too, but I try to <laughs> narrow it down just to one because I know that we're probably going to possibly record another episode in an hour. I don't know. Well, there's still way more that happened too. I, know. I just can't remember at this exact point in time. This is what I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> I already mentioned mine in the midst of years, so we could probably move on from this segment. Didn't realize this was the fucking spotlight of whatever Bill's got on his mind. <laughs> We're good though. I'm I'm hoping everybody followed that. Yeah. A lot of shit out there. Guns and Roses Telling absurd. You, Metallica's blacklist. You, yeah, you Cody stick with us. Like you'll never have to fucking go out of your way to look for new shit. Oh yeah. Just listen here. On this day in music history. On this day in music history. August sixteenth, nineteen sixty-two. Pete Best is fired as the drummer for the Beatles. He's replaced by Ringo Starr. The group's manager, Brian Epstein, does the firing by calling Best into his record shop and giving him the bad news. What a dick. What a dick. (laughs) What a dick. I mean, I wish we could hear some Beatles shit, like, with Best, just to, like, do the comparison between the two. Comparison, yeah. Like, did they make the right choice? Or was Ringo just the guy that was able to be there? I mean, at the end of the day, dude, the numbers don't we rip on the Beatles, but they're a fucking they're that absolute band. success of music. Yeah, there's no question about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy over here working some hump fucking job. You're like, Beatles, Beatles suck. Horrible. It never should have been. Nah, like, they fucking did exactly what every fucking musician would hope to do. Yep. And especially in their time. You know what I mean? Fucking A. Give them credit. Yeah. Absolutely. 1977. King is dead. Elvis Presley dies at his home in Graceland as a result of an overdose from prescription drugs. Um, yeah, that was, I, I remember just like, you know, like the early urban legends, like he just died taking a dump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but that was a very sad circumstance because you obviously get to see throughout Elvis's career, like he had other health issues going on simultaneously. Oh, yeah. So, um, and even so, you know, like uh, full disclosure, I, you know, my fiance used to, if I was struggling to take a shit, she'd be like, remember what happened to Elvis? And I get fucking scared because <laughs> she was like all in the medical field. And you I'm know, like, I holy shit, like shit a pop and embolism too. in my fucking head. Yeah, dude. I get a little like if I'm having a stressy dump, like, I think of Elvis. <laughs> stressy dumps. Stressy dumps. You think of Elvis. You don't want to pop an embolism in your head. You just don't, That's the thing. I mean, that's Elvis. Yeah. Guy like me gets found on the toilet, regardless of what I've done in life. My family will remember that forever. 
Fuck the podcast. Fuck school. Fuck yep. everything. Steve wow, died while really taking a shit. Really made something of himself. Isn't that the guy that died taking a dump? I wouldn't even get compared to Elvis in that realm. You know, I'm just the guy who died taking a dump. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. It's my legacy. No kids, just dump dying, I guess. Speaking of dump dying, in <laughs> 1985, Red Hot Chili Peppers released the cocaine-fueled funk album Freaky Styley, produced by Parliament Funkadelic founder George Clinton and Welcome Back guitarist Hillel Slovak. All right, so... I read um, Scar Tissue, the uh, biography on Anthony Kiedis. It's a really funny story. He says, I can't think of the name of the fucking song. I'm not even going to worry about it right now. But George Clinton, um, there was a huge issue during the recording of this. Clinton had a huge, like obviously it mentions the cocaine situation. Yeah. So Clinton um, actually owed a shitload of money to a coke dealer. So (laughs) during the recording of one of these particular songs, and it's actually in the album, Clinton came up to them and presented this idea to get his debt forgiven if he could let his dealer do an audio track of something in one of their songs. So there's this intro to one of their songs where it's George Clinton's Coke dealer speaking as like a turtle or something. I forget what it is exactly, but it's a very weird <laughs> intro to the song, but that's literally anytime you li- This is why one of the reasons I love this album is because like... I like albums where you know the backstory and yeah. what they were able to create in the midst of it. Same way I like Killing Is My Business or yeah. Volume 4 by Black Sabbath, like knowing the stories behind it. So when I was like listening to that song, now every time I hear that song, I'm just picturing like prior to like Clinton's like, yo, come on, like guys, we gotta just let him on here. It's like 200 grand I owe him. You know what I mean? Like you're in the process of producing this album and you're asking the yeah. guys you're producing. To, like, dude, it's just such a cool fucking story, man. Like, they don't make rock bands like they You're not going to tell George Clinton no. Yeah, and hell like, no, dude. No, absolutely dude, they were fucking not. honored to work with him. And then you imagine the, like your hero coming up to you like, yeah. you call it my dealer on your song real quick, please. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, that was such a great story. <laughs> such a great story. Uh, 1986 at Asagi Monsters of Rock Festival at Castle Donington, England, Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen gets a huge ovation when he takes stage with the band. Uh, 20 months earlier, Allen's left arm was severed in a car accident. As we all know, we've heard the jokes and stories. And after extensive rehab and some warm-up gigs, he makes a triumphant return at the festival, be playing barefoot behind a drum kit modified with electronic pedals. Scorpions and Motorhead are also on the bill, which is headlined by the Ozzy Osbourne. I would have loved to have seen that show. That moment was probably like awkwardly intense and exciting all in it. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine like all the emotions that went into that, especially if you like, cause I like Def, Def Leppard, but I'm not like you for instance, or like a super fan. Yeah. We're seeing that like, cause I'm trying to like put it in the perspective of like artists that I have such fond respect for and love to that extent. Yeah. That if I saw something like that, bro, I mean, that's, it would give you chills. You would never think that'd be possible. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's just so crazy that that's when it happened too. like they were literally making one of the biggest rock albums of all time. Yep, And they were touring it. And I, I couldn't imagine how that must have felt like it had to be like something like ab, like out of like a fucking story. Well, what's great is that they stuck with him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like most bands would understand that they're being capped in terms of creativity and ability. But like, that's one of the things about like true bands that mm-hmm. like it's more than just what we're producing. It's about the camaraderie. And exactly. That was really that. That's why I always respect that. It's funny. Did you ever have the thing when you were younger where you thought his arm got bitten off by a shark? Was that ever like a myth brought to you? No. Because that was told to me for a very long time. Because when I used to haul like have all the like, you know, what has. Yeah. So what has arm, nine arms arm sucks. sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Definitely. Like, oh, yeah. How do you lose his arm? Shark attack. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't even know his name. Sounds legit. I'd be like fucking 11 years old. You hear about that drummer from Def Leppard? Got <laughs> arm bitten off by a shark. Still plays for the band. <laughs> now, I, I always knew that he lost his arm. I didn't know how. Exactly how. Until like I read it. Yeah. Like, I was told like, shark. Younger. Shark I was like, like, I was like, oh my God, he crashed a car. I also hung out with some older friends. So it was probably one of those circumstances where they probably like put that in my head. So I would go to people and spread this. Fu- <laughs> that's the start of misinformation. Now I'm starting to think now all the shit we got going on in the world. That's how it starts. Yeah. That's how it was back in our day. You just had some fucking asshole friend lying to you. And then I got to carry that message throughout high school. <laughs> I've at least polluted 30 minds to thinking that he lost his arm from a shark attack. 
Side note, that should be a topic idea later on in the future. Myths. Yeah, like myths or misinformation that we've yes. heard. Misinformation in music. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Write that down now. <laughs> this has got to be in a blooper reel of like us, like, bloop, like it just cut it out and it's us literally <laughs> thinking of a future episode in the midst of an episode. Oh, this is 100% making it to YouTube. This is like the point. Yeah, like... Literally, you just watched it. You're the, watching it. Yeah, you just watched it. a developmental episode in the works during this episode. Literally, this is the shit that happens almost every episode. Every but episode. this usually gets edited out. Usually, <laughs> but not today. So, speaking of things not getting edited out, Neil Young releases "Sleeps with Angels," the title of which is inspired by the death of Kurt Cobain, obviously of Nirvana fame. Young's twentieth studio album. It's dark, brooding sound contrasts sharply with his previous album, Harvest Moon. Um, so I am a Neil Young fan. Um, this is a, it's a, it's an okay. See, this is the thing with Neil Young too. Like, I am not a compilation Neil Young fan, but I fucking should be because I really try to get into his albums in their entirety, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult. Like, he just loses me at some points. It's like, I don't get an even flow. So, his Live at Massey Hall album is arguably my favorite, but when I think in hindsight, it's basically a compilation because it is a live show. You're going to play your hits, basically. Yeah. Um, The Harvest Moon is a very good album, but that's like, again, so even this album, and I also have a thing with albums that are inspired by other musicians situations especially like someone like Kurt Cobain and his death yeah albums tend to fall short because you're putting emotion in there that may not actually be there but then you're also using it as like a a publicity situation you know yeah. what i mean even if you don't want to admit it you want to act like Kurt Cobain was your fucking son or your brother you know what i mean yeah i you mean get i don't know like that. i don't think that they were close that's what i'm saying i mean they i'm sure they were at some point just due to the influence that you know brought on to pearl jam and how they introduced mm-hmm. a part of the entire scene in itself and then he was the godfather of grunge so i'm sure there was something there but to the extent of when you're making an album that you want to compare to harvest moon cuz harvest moon is probably my favorite but again like i think with neil young and albums it's just it's a very and we don't even need to ask you (laughs) i can see already where this is gonna go if i say bill what's your favorite album it'll just be like next fucking clip not even get an answer uh freedom yeah freedom's good rocking the free world that's a good one that's the the extent of my neil young (laughs) that song that yeah, that that literally that song. No, you can put the, I, you know, like old man. Like I know like the hits. I know, that's like, what I'm saying. The, He's he, the general songs. Yeah, like, yeah. So my favorite Neil Young album is probably a compilation of sorts. Probably. <laughs> you would like live at Massey Hall then. Probably. You. 1997, the seventh annual Lollapalooza tour comes to a close at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California, with Corn, Snoop Dogg, and Tool headlining, with alternative music on the wane. It's the last Lollapalooza until 2003 when a more limited version of the tour is launched. Lollapalooza was the first of its kind with a lot of things. And I feel like as that like festival started going on and more festivals started happening that were similar to it, all the other like all like the super huge people started flocking to the warp tours, the Oz Fest. But this is why <clears throat> Like, this is why with the evolution of music, where it becomes very dangerous, because then it's everybody trying to outdo everybody else. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, and this is going to seem totally irrelevant, but it is super relevant. So, a few weeks ago, the Chicago White Sox and the Yankees played in the Field of Dream Stadium. Just the cornfield in the back, small amount of stands, old school jerseys. Yeah. And every single comment I read on that was like, Major League Sports did it right. All sports should have something like this. The World Series should play here. Missing that like old school, raw, authentic value of music, right? Yeah. So Lollapalooza, obviously, with the bands that were introduced and you see some of the shows, especially when you watch like Pearl Jam doing Rockin' in the Free World and watching that video and mm-hmm. seeing the fucking the steam coming off the crowd and the energy and all that stuff. But it's just the raw atmosphere of live music and a fucking stage. Yeah. Even going back to the Woodstock era, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
fucking stage, some music, and good fucking people. Yeah. Then you have Warp Tour with all the vendors and the check out the Red Bull stand across from the Monster mm-hmm. Energy stand. You know what I mean? It becomes a fucking marketing thing where it's a lot more than it's like the people that used to go and ha- like we used to do it, mall rats. Yeah. Go to hang out the mall, but you're not actually fucking buying anything. <clears throat> Yeah. Would it Ben Affleck saying that? Like, hate people that I, just I fucking hate you people. I hate guys that come to this mall with no shopping agenda. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> um but that's like what some people go to warp tour for is like the atmosphere. But you're yeah. not in the pits. You're not like listening to the bands. You're exactly. probably not even gonna go download their music at the very least when you leave the fucking concert. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'm not hating on that. I'm just saying for the simple fact that that's what it has become because it's become a profitable thing. Same reason why they won't have the World Series in that fucking Field of Dream Stadium because you can't sell enough fucking tickets. You mm-hmm. know you can sell out packed stadiums and people are going to buy these tickets. So yeah. as opposed to keeping the authenticity of sports, music, whatever it may be, just make it as big as fucking possible and introduce as much shit as possible for people to fucking buy. Yep. Disturbing. <laughs> Speaking of disturbing, in 2018, Aretha Franklin dies after a long battle of pancreatic cancer at the age of 76. I'm not even trying to laugh, but just that whole setup was fucking awful. Speaking of disturbing, <laughs> Aretha Franklin dies of pancreatic cancer. Steve, um, all she wants is respect, and you're laughing about it. So, um, <laughs> there's actually, hold on one second. There actually is an Aretha Franklin movie. I was out. just gonna say that, but I want to know what it's called before. Oh, it is called Respect. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is called Respect, and it actually it came out on the thirteenth of August, Bill. Oh, it came out today. Today. Listen, everyone knows this shit's recorded in advance. This, today's the thirteenth, but for you listening and watching, it's the sixteenth. Damn. <laughs> just exposed. Us. Literally, just broke the fourth wall. Holy fuck. <laughs> It was a really deep moment. I'm sorry, but yes, this is how called, this is how pre-planned these episodes yes, are. Very planned. Uh, yeah, called respect, but yeah, Aretha Franklin, man. Um, we talk about female musicians, mm-hmm. like female talents, female vocalists, prototype. Yeah, Aretha Franklin was an absolute gem of a fucking talent in music in the showbiz industry whatever you want to call it man yep. and I give a lot of credit like I don't like bringing race up into shit but just for the simple fact of like to overcome and be much more than just kind of like you know like everything that went on with Motown yep. you know what I mean like Barry Gordy and the bullshit that he fucking did <clears> to <throat> those artists like it was very fucking shameful to take advantage in those situations especially when you had such levels of talent mm-hmm. but Aretha Franklin I mean just any artist that's able to carve their name the way that like that's literally her like it's just another musician where that's the name where you know exactly who you're talking about exactly like the Michael Jackson of females yeah there's like, there's no mistake in yeah Aretha Franklin at absolute all. talent yep well one of a kind gonna see that movie too yeah it came out today. <laughs> Damn. See, this is the thing with season four. It's raw and unedited. Yeah. I see that. There's nowhere to hide anymore. There's there's cameras. I'm starting to sweat thinking about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to sweat because this fucking room's getting hot. I hid behind the editing. <laughs> if everything was put in last time, I'd be, I have to keep myself a little more cultured. Actually, if... These previous seasons had video, and I made the same edits that I did. Like, uh, I'll do it right now on the camera here. Those of you listening on your normal streaming platforms won't be able to see it. But it would be like, yeah, and David Bowie. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I'm trying trying to think of like a specific instance where like we were talking about something. It was just like a blatant edit. It was like, yeah, and we were, you know, and fucking... Jimmy Page played Stairway to Heaven, but. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. Yeah, like if you go back through the old episodes, there's just like cuts, cuts, more cuts. And then like figuring out like, okay, you were talking about this. And then yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. I almost wish there was like a, like it was like documented. 
like the older seasons on video. Yeah, yeah, just to see how fucking so fucking yeah, funny, hilarious. especially the when we were in your basement. Oh my god! Remember we had a fucking fight for like twenty minutes to find the cricket, <laughs> bro. That was like the episode of Breaking Bad where they had to get the fly out of the fucking <laughs> the cook lab at the end of fucking I Gus's wonder, thing. I'm trying to remember what episode that was. Because Bro, I got that wicked bug bite from a spider. I thought I was going to die. It, like, they didn't go away for weeks. I'm like, that's not fucking normal. Like, honestly, though, in that episode that you're talking about with the cricket, you can hear the cricket, like, in the final version. I know. Because like, we just gave up. That's how you know if you're a real one, if you're listening to the show. Yo, you if can you remember know the, the cricket, cricket episode? Yeah. Wow. There we go. If We're, you know which episode featured the cricket, hit us up on our social medias at facebook.com slash RATM podcast. <laughs> So, let's make this fucked up little conversation here segue into a main topic. Well, I mean, could talk about the intro of your new and interesting. You basically bled into it. <laughs> almost had a fucking, like, totally shut the cameras off and keep this from going on. Um, but yeah, I, I thought too, what you were saying, you know, it just was interesting because this is again, what we were hoping to talk about and it was kind of even bleeding over into, um, the idea of live music as well. Mm -hmm. So I think even we could branch us even further in that in terms of what we want to talk about, but I believe and Bill and I have discussed this and I know he kind of feels the same way as well, but the idea of like when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> All right. Anybody who's seen the Chappelle show knows what we're talking about, where you yeah. kind of like maintain your level of personality or as, as people would say today, keeping that same level of energy, despite the fucking situation of the room. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle basically trying to fight the dude, his fucking girls fucking, and he gets his ass fucking kicked all the Fuck that. Yeah. I don't like people yeah. playing on my phone. Yeah, oh, that one's great, too. <laughs> she actually turned out to be the sister of an FBI agent. You know what I mean? And she's going to print. Yeah. So anyone who's seen those episodes will understand. Hey, you clap having ho. <laughs> but, <laughs> we both know you fucking Jamal. Um, Meanwhile. Jamal was sleeping with her best friend the entire time. <laughs> you want to talk about keeping it real? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on. I'm losing my train of thought because I have that. I can picture him with the toothpick in his <laughs> mouth too in bed with her. Um, if you look on the screen, you can see the clip from the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, with that being said, with the albums that we've discussed, particularly, let's say, a black album, we can kind of dive into that as briefly as possible. Fucking Please, briefly as possible. Before we move into other segments of it, but every artist, and at least the most popular that we could think of off the top of our heads, always have that moment where they branch out to kind of evolving their sound, changing their sound for either the better or the worse. And more times than not, it doesn't work out as hoped. However, it's not to say that we're going to debate the success. Mm-hmm. Talco was obviously way more successful with what happened on the Black Album than anything they did prior. However, I will never hold that album as a higher, um, put it on a higher pedestal than, let's say, Ride the Lightning Master and Justice. It's just not my brand of Metallica. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of other artists that we've thought of that have gone this route. And even more recently, some artists like we have discussed, like Coed and Cambria, same exact thing has happened. Guns N' Roses were seeing it. So we wanted to just discuss more or less some artists that we're familiar with and we're taking out like if a there was a change like Allison Change you couldn't use. Stone Temple Pilots you couldn't mm. really use post Scott Weiland. Like just use the originating sound. So I thought we would start. I will start with one because this is one that we should definitely talk about. Get it out of the way. Very important. Pantera. Okay. I think Pantera is the absolute definitive uh essence of what we're talking about in terms of bands that change their sound and it becomes infinitely fucking better you know they had metal magic i forget what the fucking one was before that something in the jungle no yeah it was something in the jungle metal magic then there was it was like that panther thing power metal wasn't no there was something before that i want to say i thought there was something jungle in there too it's weird that you said that because I was thinking either way. Yeah, there's a panther on it. Yeah, but is that metal magic? Power metal is just the four of them like standing there with like the goofy fucking opening yeah. credit Rugrat logo looking thing and power <laughs> metal written on it. I don't know, dude. 
Yeah, I, I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so either way, so power metal. If you ever listen to power metal, it's the same thing. The situation with this Guns N' Roses album. First of all, you couldn't even fucking tell that was Phil Anselmo doing vocals. Even if you saw what they looked like, you wouldn't even think it was the same people that you would see on stage at Moscow. Not too many years later, um, the thing with Vinnie Paul was there was a thing they were talking and discussing about the making of Cowboys from Hell, and. Vinnie Paul's idea of it was is that they wanted to show that there is metal alive and well in Texas because apparently at the time, and it was true that with the hair metal scene living the way it was, um, metal itself was looked at to be like from the Los Angeles, California area in general. That was like a big scene of what was happening in metal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidebar, projects in the jungle. Projects. I thought, yeah. Okay. So we're right. Yeah. Thank you. Released in 1984. 1984. Before power metal. After power metal. Oh, so that one came after? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Disturbing. So anyway, we were fucking wrong. <laughs> but even so, if you listen to those albums prior to Cowboys, and like I was saying, with the Vinnie Paul thing, he was just doing this as more of a essence to say that we there's metal alive and well in Texas. I just like can't fathom the difference. Like Cowboys, like if even if you listen to Slayer and you listen to like Hell Awaits, or Show No Mercy, and you listen to Rain and Blood, where it was like a yeah. huge step up, it's still the same band. Like, it's very much there in Show No yeah, Mercy, they especially. Got- they just got better production and a little more talented in their writing. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, like, the self-titled Motorhead album to Ace of Spades, it's there. Yeah. But to go from Projects in the Jungle... To Cowboys from Hell. What the fuck? Yeah, it was literally like a night and day, totally different band. I mean... Like, this is the concept pick of Destiny. Like, something happened in between those two albums that, like, changed them forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, another one that I like to think of, too, is Judas Priest Painkiller. Like, yeah. I guess the way that I'm coming into this is, like, a band or bands that had a specific sound and just, like, Took off. Just took off in the other direction. Yeah. And I'm not saying Painkiller is a bad album by any means. It's my, it's one of my favorites. It's probably their best album. That's but, what I'm saying. Either we're using this almost in the sense like any direction. Yeah. That you either took off and went fucking skyrocket or you took off and shit your whole fucking career. And even recently with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah. I that, didn't want to bring that up. That, that was yeah, literally that was, a 180. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I mean, he fucking Megan Fox. I don't know what's going on. Him and Travis Barker are boys now. Like, yeah, never would have thought that would have been the duo. Eminem know, fucking though. ruined him. Yeah, Eminem. He won't admit it, but I can guarantee you. MK Eminem was like, his career. Yeah, there's no way you just stop rapping and say unless you were always into that, but you didn't even give <laughs> signs that you were into that. You weren't like Post Malone out there covering Nirvana songs on the regular, yeah. showing your deeper sense for that style of music in any regard. Yep. I um, mean, he did the SLC punk thing. He was an SLC punk too, but you never really like stretched out before then to say like, I'm going to fucking start doing this type of music. Like you went from fucking really fucking good hip hop. Not even like your rap was bad. Like his shit was pretty fucking yeah, good. Yeah. He went from that to like mediocre pop punk. Not even mediocre. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I mean, I can't, I have no intention to ever. I honestly don't even remember. Like I know I've heard I the song the one a few music times. video with uh Halsey. And Halsey carries the whole song, and that's another individual who I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> she could actually pull it off, though. It's fucking pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, it's just so... Uh, that one always... It, well, always. It's only been a little while here, but it, it struck me as, like, odd. It Well, when you told me that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I actually had to go home and, like, YouTube, MGK, <laughs> pop... And, like, I didn't even get past the... MG part before it was like MGK and then the first song you could tell by the title like yeah yeah it's definitely not one of his <laughs> songs um, um but going back to the Jewish priest thing I wanted to say something because what you're like describing in that sense it's interesting because prior to that you had an opportunity to understand and I think this is what the most interesting about the Jewish priest thing is because you had Rockarola you had Sad Wings of Destiny um you had a lot of albums that kind of gave you like just that very generic sense of Judas Priest. And it kind of stayed that way for a long time. Cause even British steel with like breaking the law on it, um, living after midnight, very just, you know, corny, just like heavy metal, you know? And then you had screaming for vengeance though. Mm -hmm. Screaming for vengeance was like a real change of that 
like they do have some seer talent in being able to produce heavy metal. Yes. And then Painkiller comes out. And then Rob Halford leaves the band. <laughs> Bro, that shit was crazy to me. Like, I never realized that because anytime you Wikipedia is like, this would be Rob Halford's last album until he made a return and two of that. Like, I couldn't believe that that's what you like. Why would you leave? Yeah. And I never understood that. And obviously I read further and like what had happened. And I'm not like at liberty to discuss that because I'm not too in tune with that information. But it just does strike me as so crazy that that album, as good as it is, that you found a way to say, eh, I'm going to fucking do my own shit. Yeah. Um, another one, too, that I've always that always struck me as kind of odd is Sepultura Roots. Yeah. Like in the wake of new metal and everything, yeah. like you would think like these pioneers would kind of just like forge through and do what they have always yeah. done. And Roots was just like a departure from that initial sound. And I mean, I, I also, like it's like, like I said earlier with the, you know, with the painkiller thing. I don't think these albums are bad. Well, you know what's interesting about the Roots album? Um, same way the Black album happened. You could kind of get a sign because Chaos AD had that similar feel like they were changing like after a yeah. rise. Um, and then, but it is crazy because everything before that, like Morbid Visions, um, Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia, all those albums uh, really had a sense of like they were just going to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a rise comes out. It's fucking dude. Like that is Sepultura's album. Yep. And then Chaos AD comes out, and you're kind of like, eh, some good stuff on here, but they got a little bit of that hardcore edge to it. And then Roots comes out. Here comes Load. Yep. Here's Load. <laughs> nope. Fucking like, this is coming. It's funny too because you can just tell, like, like even you know, listening to the title track, you can get like the feelings of Deftones, of Corn, like of those type of bands, yeah. and like how it's unfortunate that they were influenced by that. I hate that. You know? Yeah, I hate that. It's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. But like I said, I don't think it's a bad album. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a departure from where they were. Yeah. But yeah, you got any more Pearl Jam? Everything after Vitology, I don't know what the fuck happened, right? And even so with like Gigatron, this is what I never understood about, like you said, like pioneering bands. Mm -hmm. Like even Soundgarden for their period of time when, you know, they kind of had a hiatus and they kind of had, you know, several album drops, obviously before Chris Cornell and like they stopped and... um It just interests me that when you bring that up, when you talk about newer waves of metal and newer waves of just genres in general that come out, because my biggest thing is, um, is everything within like the hip hop genre of like, when did that like transition happen where we all of a sudden are like coordinating our style of music to meet the needs of a fucking fan base and what's popular as opposed to realizing like, this is what I'm saying with like the Kohe and Cambria shit. Yeah. Like we're already established. Mm-hmm. We never needed to fucking change a formula and you also are rejecting the fan base that fucking got you to the point that you're at. Like you obviously may. And that's the biggest thing. Most of these bands that we've named are doing this at a point where they're already successful. And yep. the worst thing is um, like the, it, you, you try to argue it and it's like, well, we were evolving. We wanted to like this is where growing was. Mm-hmm. So two bands that I wanted to mention before we could just settle this down is Death and in flames. Okay. In flames almost has two entirely different eras of their band. Oh, absolutely. Um, I forget the name of the album. If you want to look up the discography real quick while I say this, I forget exactly sound of something. I forget what it is, but, um, you know, their first one, couple albums, um, like lunar strain, um, you know, you had Horacle as well. I think that was basically the tipping point into Colony and then Clayman where they became a little ridiculous. I'm pretty sure the album comes after. So you have Lunar Strain no, 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 at least 94. Now go past Just uh, Race. Go past Clayman. Go past Oracle, Clayman. Oracle, Cl- uh, Colony, Clayman, Reroute to Remain, Soundtrack to Your Escape, Come Clarity. Is that the one you're thinking of? Let me see it. No, I think it's after. But that is one of the tips. Sense of purpose? Sense of purpose. Um, Yeah, because Come Clarity, you could already hear, they already like really committed to that sound. But if you go back and you listen to it, like my favorite album is Jester Race. Um, They were just traditional melodic death metal. 
Mm. right there with early dark even dark tranquility did the same thing all those mellow death bands did it except for at the gates at the gates really stayed traditional those major three from the gothenburg scene but it's funny because i'll listen to in flames and i'll enjoy them yeah but then i'll listen to early in flames and i'm enjoying them as like a different bit it's very fucking weird yeah in some context where it's like i don't think they destroyed their career by any sense mm-hmm. but they were also tasteful enough where i can get down with some of what they're doing like newer sepulture and granted the cavalera brothers aren't there it's a totally it's literally just a band with one remaining member that's yeah. like i don't even think was there from the beginning it's very yeah. weird their lineup <laughs> but what sepulture has done now I got because, of course, I get in arguments with strangers all the time because what else is the Internet used for? Um, but had an argument about that. Like, wow, like this shouldn't even call it Sepultura anymore. And some guy was like, let me guess. You still hung up on like a rise. It's new stuff, man. Get used to it. I'm like, dude, like I'm not even making it about. And the best is when I get like, you're just an old man comments. I'm like, I mean, am I? Yeah, right. Am I really? Like, I guess I okay, am. Okay, boomer. That's what I'm saying. I guess I am at that point. Just because, like, I'm 29 and can enjoy an album that came out in, like, 80. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, like, age has nothing to do with this. This is just two separate bands at this point. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about In Flames. Yeah. I mean. But, like, in, that's what I'm saying. If you look at all those albums after, like, they had a slower progression towards that. Like, if you yeah. listen to Colony, you can hear it. You listen to Clayman, you can hear it even more. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get all the way to a sense of purpose. Then you see a real dynamic change, and it's you see an evolution. Some bands just yeah t- turn out of nowhere, and you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, though. I got into In Flames around Colony. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I think Colony's that perfect album to blend. Yeah. Yeah. I Colony's Colony's still my favorite to Very this day. Good. But yeah, I mean, just the it's it is like almost two entirely different bands. Completely. Mm-hmm. It's like death. Yeah. Like, think about well, your, that, your, those are literally in totally different bands from but, album. To but album. It's, <laughs> that's what I know. We, we discuss like if you listen to Scream Bloody Gore and you listen to Sound of Perseverance, just one song from each and you didn't know who the fuck. Oh, yeah, you never know it's the same never band. Know. And it's funny because you like the later end yes. and I like the earlier end. But it's funny because Human is that bridging gap. And mm-hmm. that's obviously when Chuck decided to work with members from Cynic who were already in that jazz fusion progressive death metal scene. And this is the thing, though. It, it was tasteful. It worked. Not mm-hmm. many bands could fucking do that. I remember even like Morbid Angel tried to put out some like weird industrial fucking album that was almost like Fear Factory and it was very fucking weird, man, what they did. And then they obviously try to resort back to what they're doing. And that's what I'm saying. Some bands, if you understand, like if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. And you give it a shot. I just like sometimes it's just like I question because me and you both play music. We both understand and like do enough research to understand like what goes through it, and we understand what it's like to write music on a very basic level. Yeah, you know, we've never made it elementary to a point, level. Yeah, we've never made it to a point where we could even fathom what these artists go through. But in my head, because I know there's bands like Motorhead, mm-hmm. like Slayer, you know, even Megadeth to an extent. I mean, they yeah. kind of fucking wishy washied after like Countdown to Extinction, yeah. but they've always tried to maintain the same blueprint. 45 solos per song dave's voice gets a little more whinier yeah but it's it's like we talk about though at the core it's still the same yeah but like and that's what i'm saying like where was some of these bands do you're all of a sudden you know what we've been playing traditional death metal for quite some time (laughs) our fans absolutely love it you know what we should do i just listened to waylon jennings the other day think we should put out a country shit blew my mind yep (laughs) like we need to change it up on them because there's also like i just i I mean i i have a list of so many bands but we don't even get into it but i have a list of so many bands where like i'll get recommended like this one album and it's like from like 1992 old school death metal highly rated pioneers blah 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 and like all the comments are like this is great but don't listen to the rest of their discography and i'm like that's a little fucking weird and you literally listen to that first album and it's like just swedish pure death metal and then the second album it's like an italian opera singer i have no idea what the fuck happened dark throne's a prime example of that too they released their first album and it was just a traditional death metal album Mm. with any other 90s death metal band and then the second, third, fourth releases all the way come out to like Transylvania Hunger under a funeral moon, and it's just lo-fi black metal. It's like I, I like I can understand because that's where the origin is, mm-hmm. but then it's like writing music. I give you credit if you can switch flip a switch like that, but sometimes yeah, it doesn't fucking work. You know, another band's like that too is Opeth. 
Oh, Opeth's newest. I was gonna yeah, Opeth's newest mm-hmm. album, which is crazy because the singer from Opeth was also in the supergroup Bloodbath. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were a very fucking great just death metal band. And now it's like this dude decided I'm gonna sing for now on. Like operatic singing. Very. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not bad, but it's not it's, it's not, not what you Morning would Rise, Orchid, yep. Early Oped, Stillwater Park. And then that's another thing. This is why I love like I try to engage with people just to kind of like hear opinion. So mm-hmm. you can justify why you like an album. Because if you can give me like just an understanding of why you like it, doesn't even need to be factual. Just give me your opinion. But yeah. give it to me in a sense where you're just, you know, fighting for your album. Don't give me the, oh, I didn't realize you were a fucking gatekeeper. Like, bro, I just said this album sucks. Like, like that's the whole point. Because then, guess what? If that dude doesn't like it, I also don't like it. I'm curious what he does like. If you're such you know a big I mean? fan, why don't you hum me track four then? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that type of attitude. It's And it's funny. That's when I just shut down. But most of the time, I'll do shit like that because I want to hear why people like this album because then maybe next time I'm listening, I should be listening for something particular. Yep. You know, like, what gets you to enjoy this? And, like, you could say track this, 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 mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, this, anything. Like, no, you were you elitist? Like, no, I just don't like the singer from Opeth who had me on fucking four straight albums and just nothing but brutality in his voice, <laughs> singing like he's trying out for the London Orchestra. I'm yeah, sorry, exactly. I just don't. That's not my thing. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what we were doing here. So to kind of bring this thing to a close here, this has been a really goofy episode. Very. Everybody needs one. Yeah. And this has been our one. Oh, yeah. We've met our quota for the season. This will probably happen way more than it should. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. At least you get to watch it now. It's the pressure that Lars also faced when he was trying to drum for Guitar Hero. Sometimes (laughs) you just don't know how you're going to respond. I'm not going to jinx it right now. I'm going to knock on wood. But this is the first time we've actually recorded an episode and all of the cameras worked. Imagine if they just blew up right now. I know, dude. I'm literally, like, as I'm thinking, I'm like, bling, 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 bling. <laughs> they even light everything. Yeah. While your pictures fall. <laughs> Shells fall. So, what do you think? Is there albums and artists that we didn't bring up? Do you think that Roots was the best thing that Sepultura ever done? Do you think that Painkiller is the finest work of Judas Priest or not? Do you think Projects in the Jungle should have been hailed as the greatest Pantera album? The originating Pantera album. Yep. Get at us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast, Facebook.com slash RATM Podcast. And as always, you can catch us on our email, RATM Podcast at gmail.com. Very nice. Let's get into our suggestions for this week. All right. My suggestion for this week is to check out the 2021 album. Kostolom from Russian death core death metal band started to prevail. Um, the song is called Demolisher. Um, oh, it's Russian, all right, too. Oh, it's it's you got su- the Adidas pants in there and everything. <laughs> the the super Russian part is like that the low the low like growls right before that breakdown. It's like even with that like growl you can hear the russian accent it's so fucking weird yeah like when you hear like other bands and you know different vocalists from like different countries and shit like it all sounds the same like this dude like like when he's screaming it's like that's russian yes like there's there's no question about it mm. and you know i'm not going on a giant russia thing about it but it's cool to see like this type of music coming out of a country like that yes but Agreed. yeah demolisher from slaughter to prevail so, I had an initial song written down. However, I changed it. But then I have to change it back because you broke the fourth wall so it can stay as relevant. The band is Frightmare. The album was released in 2012. The name of the album is Bringing Back the Bloodshed. The name of the song is Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> it's obviously a song based off of the sequel to Friday the 13th. And I was going to, like, not recommend it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, I can't because it's not technically, I can't say, like, hey, since it's Friday the 13th, let me recommend, because, again, this comes out, but then Bill broke the wall. So, Friday the 13th, part two by Frightmare off of Bringing Back the Bludge. (laughs) Do you want to see the break, do you want to see us breaking the fourth wall more?
It'll just happen. Why even ask it? Yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's just like the laziness factor of having to edit a video and a podcast. No, it's because too. a lot of people already do this and just refuse to admit it. They like to really keep the fucking vibe that, yeah, you yeah. record and release on this thing. Get the fuck out of here. If Listen. you have the time and availability to do that, you're not working a full-time job. Well, the only person that really has the ability to do that kind of shit is Joe Rogan. Well, because it's his job. That's well, what he's doing. That's what I mean, though. Yeah, he makes his own. Like, no one can, like, no, I'm telling you right now, maybe those of you listening could prove me wrong. But from my experience, there's no way you can record, edit, post, and promote same day. a podcast in the same, same day. day. You just can't do it. I mean, that's even so, like, the only thing is... You're going to be lacking in one of the areas. Yeah. The only thing is, is that we're really committal to day based on our history. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of other podcasts don't actually have that limitation where they need to, like, keep that persona that they recorded that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're relevant in talking about new and interesting shit, and I can't be saying, like, oh, Donda hasn't been released yet. Meanwhile, it gets released Saturday the 14th, so I look like a fucking asshole <laughs> on Monday, even though I'm talking about it today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I gotta, like, be careful with some But shit. see, this is what we like about the fans and listeners of this show. They understand. They come back every now week. Now they do, yeah. They know. And now they're fully, they, they fully understand Maybe this what is this all is? a setup because I know that Donda's going to get released on Saturday the 14th and I'm just waiting for some dude to comment like, this fucking asshole's talking about Donda not being released on a Monday. Where's he been? He got released two days ago. Exactly. Because the way these Kanye fans have been about this album, best believe that would fucking happen. Oh, yeah. Kanye would be like, what are you talking about? It was released. Yeah, I know. We're getting a phone call right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm releasing it this second. What are you going to do? You got to re-record your whole episode now. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, we do this for fun and to kind of let the listeners and fans of the show like kind of in on the humor too. Yes. Literally every show you've ever heard was recorded sometimes a couple weeks in advance. Yeah, oh yeah. That's why when we do on this day in music history, it's always on the Monday. <laughs> Led Zeppelin just released Led Zeppelin 2 yesterday. That's like basically how we fucking record, dude. Chinese Democracy was just released by Guns N' Roses, and what a piece of shit that album is. <laughs> New and interesting. That's great. But <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Um, we're happy to finally have working equipment to be able to do this kind of thing. Thank God. Product placements coming soon. Um, if you like, you can reach us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, our email, RATM podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube. Uh, just type in rage against the mainstream podcast. That's a new one. Yeah, I got this whole fucking. Yeah, the list is going to keep getting up. longer. Um, make sure you tune in. You can in. find us on the NASA <laughs> database at uh, <laughs> nasa.org slash RATM. Check podcast. out the Wall Street Journal for our next post. Yeah, like WSJ.com slash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you tune in this Friday where I sit down with Cassandra from the band Paralandra. Um, thank you for all of your continued support. Yeah. We really appreciate it. This is uh this is cool. This is cool, Bill. Th this is cool. It is cool. <laughs> well, I I'm just elated. like I'm excited, I'm elated, like everything these cameras are working. Like Thank this God. is amazing. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened last time. Like, these ran smooth as hell and last time you couldn't get Oh my god. In. Literally last week's or yeah, what's the difference? Even the batteries were like shot within the first couple minutes. <laughs> what happened? Literally last week's episode, we had to start three times. Yeah. Yeah, put it this way. All the episodes that you listened to in the past two weeks, we probably dealt with more time spent on the issues than the actual episode that was recorded. Yeah. yeah. We just have to be transparent with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i guess that's about it for this week it is this is gonna be this gonna be fun to edit it will <laughs> but until then 
This is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the books. Find us on our social media accounts. I'm not going to go through it again. If you don't know them by now, then there's a, a way bigger problem. It's like a hand. CVS receipt of uh, credentials <laughs> at this point. Pretty much you name it dot com slash RATM podcast. Probably there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Or Actually, if you say if you type in Rage Against the Mainstream podcast, we're like one of the first things to come up on Google. So Ooh, we're on the first page. Yep. Big stuff. So if you're looking, you can find us. Big stuff. <laughs> but until then, this is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off. As always, I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening.